Amen. Amen. The presence of the Lord is here. I don't know how many of you can sense that. Church, one word from God can change our lives forever. And this morning, before we go to the word of the Lord, I wonder if we can just pray together for a, for a moment. I don't know about you, but I need the help of the Holy Spirit in order to truly hear and receive what he has, to, he has for us this morning. Let's go ahead and do that. Lord, we sense your presence in the fellowship of believers. Lord, we sense your presence during worship. We sense your presence in all of creation. Would you come this morning? Would you open our eyes so that we might see you in all of your power and all of your glory? Would you open our ears so that we might truly hear the divine whisper of your spirit? Would you open our hearts so that we might truly receive? Lord, so that in seeing and hearing and receiving, we might be transformed. Lord, we bless you today. What a glorious and holy and magnificent God you are. And Lord, we pray that you will come and do what you do best in our midst today. Come and be the Lord. Be God in our midst. Be the Lord of our lives. We pray this in the glorious and holy and magnificent name of Christ alone. Amen and amen. The devil is a liar. God speaks the truth into our lives. And this morning for a few moments, I want to speak to you about the power of honor. The power of speaking honor. The power of giving honor to someone else. Church, we live in a world of dishonor. We live in a world where for the most part, we have agreed with the lies of Satan. A while back, I was bored. It happens ever so often. And I exhausted all the books that were in our house. May I just say this and I'll be brave because my bride is not here this morning. Uh, <clears throat> so Kathy, if you tell her... Um, Yes. <laughs> my wife has banned all books, <clears throat> new books from our house. There is simply no longer any space. <clears throat> so I pay my son a tiny little fee uh, to smuggle some books in for us. And um, <clears throat> she's bought me a number of electronic devices, so I'm supposed to get electronic books. But you know it's not the same. You cannot touch them, you cannot feel them, smell them, and sometimes even kiss them. <laughs> yes. But I was bored and I came across a book that had a monumental impact on me about 25 years ago. And it's an unusual book because it is a, a novel. And, 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 and <clears throat> I'm slightly different than other people. I've lost my appetite for novels. I think that might have been the last novel that I've actually read. And this book is written by an extraordinary Russian author, Dostoevsky. It's a very, very famous book, The Brothers Karamazov. I don't know if you've read it. If you haven't, no, don't read it. <clears throat> Go back to the Word. 
And that's what, uh, in this book, however, right towards the end, this book speaks about honor. And then Dostoevsky makes this extraordinary statement, a statement that has stuck with me for the longest of time. A statement that I think describes the time that we live in. And listen to what he writes. He says, above all, don't lie to yourself. What a great statement. He says, the man who lies to himself and listens to his own lie comes to a point that he cannot distinguish the truth within him. Folks, the last time that I was supposed to be here, and I apologize again, I was in an accident earlier that week. And um, what an interesting experience that was. Uh, I was actually in quite a significant accident and didn't realize it. Um, uh, Kind of drove away from the accident when the police were kind of running behind me, saying, you probably should get yourself checked out. And I remember I ended up two hours later on stage speaking and became slightly disorientated. Didn't know really where I was and where I was going. Uh, Was able to finish, though, the sermon (laughs) and the prayer. You know, when you've done this for long enough, it kind of just kicks in. Uh, I teach at Region and Campus Police found me wandering around. And um, it it was a really good experience. And um, I remember in in, in all of this, so Campus Police found me and and they said, where are you going? And I said, I'm going to drive back home. Um, I'm not feeling great, and, and, and this marvelous guy was just, was just so great. He says, he says, you know what, you have great keys. Can I have a look at your keys? <laughs> and I gave my keys to him, and he said, all right, you're not driving nowhere. <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> they found my wife, and, and, and finally kind of ended up um, in, in, in emergency care. And again, my wife stepped out for a phone call, and the folks says, listen, this is what you have to do. You cannot go back to work. You have to get, we're checking this out. This is what you have to do, and you have to take this medicine and, and spend some time. And of course, I'm not listening to any of this. And my wife came back, and I, and I said to her, they said I'm fine. And, and I went back straight away to work. And uh, uh, the next day, I'm in a meeting with Dr. Pat Robertson. And by the Spirit of the Lord, he looked at me and he said, You should not be here. You are not well. You should be in bed. I thought, please. And I just went back and and worked. And of course, what happened is, uh, folks, I didn't listen to the truth. And um, had some significant troubles for a week or two after that. There's something about the power of truth within our own lives. And it's interesting, the moment that we start to listen to a lie, listen to a lie, something changes within us. Dostoevsky continues on, and he said, this man comes to a point that he cannot distinguish the truth within him. But here's the more important point. He cannot distinguish the truth around him. And so he loses all respect for himself, and get this, and for others. And having no respect for anything, he ceases to love. Church, this is the world that we live in. If you brought your Bibles, I wonder if you can open up your Bibles to the second letter of Paul 
that he wrote to Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3, and I want to start from verse 1. I'm going to read from the English Standard Version just for a moment. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. And Paul, by the Spirit of the Lord, prophesies about the end days. And listen to what he says. He says, but understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. How many of you recognize we're right there? Yes. Folks, we live in a very, very strange age. And listen to what he says. He says, for this reason, for people will be lovers of self. Lovers of money. Proud. Folks, just stop here for a moment and think. I don't know about you, but I'm now at the point that I've decided to no longer watch television. I just cannot bear to watch the news any longer. Proud, arrogant, abusive. He goes on, disobedient to their parents. Here's another descriptor, ungrateful. It's extraordinary how people no longer say please and thank you. Unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous. I'm going to come back to that in a moment. Without self-control, brutal, not loving, good, treacherous, reckless. Listen to this descriptor. Swollen with conceit. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. And Paul says, avoid such people. We live in a world of dishonor. Where we have believed the lie of the enemy. The lies of Satan. And we have stopped giving honor to ourselves and to others. It is interesting, there are two words used in the Bible for this extraordinary construct of honor. The Hebrew word that is used is the word kabot. And the word kabot is an interesting word. It's the same word that we, disc- uh, that, that we actually translate for glory. Kabot. And what does it mean? It means weighty. It means significance. It means to look at someone or something and see them for who they truly are. Folks, when we describe the glory of God, what is it that we do? We are describing Him the way He truly is. This word glory literally means that God has significance. He is weighty. I have strange imagination. Folks, I imagine that the big shock in heaven will not be the gold streets or the mansions. Can I tell you how often I've listened to those silly songs, you know, that people sing about gold streets and mansions and where they're going to stay and all these extraordinary things. I want to confess my sin here. Sometimes I hear people tell stories of having been to heaven and I listen to it and I think, not so sure. Not so sure this is entirely the truth. And the reason why I struggle with it is, 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 is that I think the big shock in heaven, the big surprise in heaven will be God. I think once we open our eyes in eternity, this is my strange imagination, I think when you just slightly open your eyes and we see God and we have a small glimpse 
of his glory and his holiness and his greatness, I think you die again. And I think God resurrects you again, you know. And I think this goes on for a while <clears throat> until he slowly says to you, so open your eyes slowly. Maybe, maybe the first million years in heaven is God 101 just to get used to him. Sometimes I think, I don't know if slapping is allowed in heaven, but sometimes I think, I, I think this is what will happen. I think once we get used to God, I think you'll turn to somebody that you know. You might slap them and say, did you know how large God is and you allowed me to live the way I did? Did you not tell me? This word kabod is to see something, to recognize its significance it's truth. The, the other word that's used, in, uh, and this is in the New Testament, is the Greek word tamao. And tamao, in actual fact, interesting enough, means exactly the same as kabat. It means to see something in its pure form. To recognize the original truth of this thing or this person. Baker's theological Dictionary says the following about the way that these two words are used within the Bible. To give honor to someone is to give weight or to grant a person a position of respect. It's to recognize their fundamental truth. But church, we live in a world where nobody gives honor to anyone else. We live in a world of dishonor. And the truth is that when we bestow honor, we receive honor ourselves. That honor begets honor. The Bible says in Psalms 84 verse 11, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. And listen to this. He bestows honor and favor. Folks, this is one of the first pictures that we see of God. In the book of Genesis, when it speaks about the recreation of this world. And folks, if you read Genesis very carefully, you'll see in chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. How many of you know that when God creates something, it's perfect? Something happens between verse 1 and verse 2. And in verse 2, this is what it says. It says, And now the earth was in chaos. Literally, the word that is used there in the Greek translation of the Old Testament, um, that word for chaos, that word for the void, is the word the abyss. We don't know exactly what happened. There's some glimpses in the Bible. But, But this is the first picture that we see of God. It says that in this context, the Holy Spirit hovered over the face of the deep. This chaos, darkness is everywhere. And what does God do? God looks at all of this and he sees the original intent for which he created this. And he looks at the earth, at this chaos, and he says, let there be light. And he starts to pull forth the original intent for which he's created it. And then, listen to what the book of Genesis says, God looked at it and he saw that it was good. Folks, how often when we look At people, do we see the lie of the enemy? How often are we able to look at people and see ultimately the intent for which God created these people? This is the power of honor. So who should we give honor to? 
It's interesting. The scriptures are very clear. And let me just quickly run you through this. I ask uh, uh, Pastor Brain over here, how long can I go? And he says, take as long as you need. No, no, you should never say that to a preacher. This is not a good idea. We will not keep you long. But folks, today I want to very quickly speak to you about who should we honor. First and foremostly, we should honor God. Let me start with that. You know, the book of Revelation chapter 5 has this extraordinary picture. And you remember the story, John the, John the Beloved. has <clears throat> been captured by the Romans. He was, he was a pastor over seven churches in Asia Minor in Turkey. And he's captured and he's placed on this rock called Patmos. And he said, on the, days, on the day of the Lord, on Sunday, he was deeply concerned about the church. And he asked the same question that every prophet before him asked. And, and here's the question. God, if we are going through such suffering, where are you? What is it that you are doing? The book of Revelation proposes that John started to lose his faith. And in the midst of this, he was praying He was in the spirit and he said suddenly he heard a voice behind him and he saw Jesus. Then there's a second vision and I love this vision. He said and he he turned around and he saw a door standing open in heaven and, 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 and he heard a voice say, come up here and let me show you what is true. Folks, this is what the book of Revelation is ultimately about. This word apocalypse that we use, you know, sometimes the book of Revelation is referred to as the apocalypse of John. This word apocalypse is a Greek word. It's a biblical word. What does it mean? It means the unveiling. That's what the word apocalypse means, an unveiling. And what is the book of Revelation ultimately about? It's about God lifting the veil and showing John what is really true. Showing him the way that things really are. And then what happens? John sees a throne sat in the middle of the cosmos. Not just the earth, not just the heavens, all of creation. And and listen to what John Jen writes. It's it's an extraordinary statement. Revelation 5 verse 13. and, And John says, And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying... To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing, and listen to this, and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Folks, you know that the Bible says that all of creation declares the honor of the Lord. We used to sing a song in the church that I served that was unbiblical. So I, I wrote a note to our pastor. <clears throat> Actually, in fact, I wrote so many notes about this uh, that I was finally told that I cannot write any more notes about this particular issue. <clears throat> and and, and, it, and it's an, kind of an issue for me. Folks, I, I love worship. I love the Word of God. But uh, uh, for the last 30 or 40 years, folks, we've really sang a lot of nonsense. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we have to be gentle when we say amen about this. Yes, it's true, but... Lord, help us. And this is, this is the song that we sang. It's many years ago. The, the song said the following. The earth has no voice, therefore I have no choice. Needs to rhyme. But to praise Him. Sentimental, beautiful, great, but utter nonsense. 
Because Psalms 19 says that all of creation declares the glory of the Lord. Church, unfortunately, we live in a world where we have lost the voice of creation. We can't hear what creation is saying. Think about it for a moment. We live in buildings that we have built. We breathe air that we've brought in. We use light that we have produced. We listen to sounds that we have amplified. So that all of this is to declare how great we are. Now, if our eyes could open, if our ears could open, what would we hear? What is it that creation is saying? Creation is saying this. He who has created us is better. All of creation declares the glory of the Lord and gives Him honor. Folks, this is the secret. It's the secret to a happy life. When I just arrived in the States, um, I fell in love with your television. This is 11 years ago, television uh, programs. Uh, Of course, it was a bit overwhelming. Uh, You have so many. Right. It, it took me quite by surprise that you have multiple weather channels that go for 24 hours. And I used to think, so what can you say about the sun shines? Yes, the sun is shining, but somehow they find it that they do it really entertaining. Right. I remember when I just arrived, I was absolutely fascinated by your shopping channels. I would watch this, and my wife said, why in the world are you watching this? I said, I am fascinated how these people can stand here and sell these ugly clothes. (laughs) And just make up stuff about this, right? I I was just overwhelmed with all of this. Uh, but, But one program that I fell in love with was, I don't know if you've seen this program, The Dark Whisperer. Do you love Caesar Milan? Love The Dark Whisperer. And Caesar's an interesting individual, right? Caesar's, by the way, is a, is, is a chap that when we started to watch the program, I'm not too sure how legal he was, but, but he was somehow here in the States, an extraordinary individual. And he didn't have many skills, but he had the skills. He understood how darks worked. And I remember the one program, he walked into a house where there was a very, very aggressive, big Rottweiler. And this is what he did. He walked into this house and he started to wrestle this dog. And finally, he put the dog on his back. And something extraordinary happened. The dog started to relax. And this is then what he said. He turned to the owner and he says, so here's the reason why your dog is aggressive. The dog doesn't know who's in charge. Now that the dog knows who is the alpha dog, The dark can settle down. And I remember watching this, and it was one of the most significant moments in my life, and God says, I am a human whisperer. Your life is in trouble because you don't know who's in charge. And folks, sometimes what we need is for God to turn us on our back so that we can recognize who's in charge. By the way, we've tried this with cats. It doesn't work. (laughs) We have two cats. We've wrestled them to the ground, tried to put them on their back. They just lie there. It doesn't matter at all. They still don't listen. The heart of rebellion are strong within those cats. We're still looking for ways to break the spirit of rebellion. 
There it is. But folks, when we start to see God for who He is, we will not stop day and night giving Him honor and glory. You know, me and my son had a fascinating conversation yesterday about free will. And and part of it is is my mistake. We were having a conversation and I told him about how many grandchildren I'm supposed to have. I want 12. And he's the only child, right? (laughs) And so I'm teasing him. And, and I'm going too far with this, right? And I'm saying, I want 12 grandchildren. Here are their names. I've already prayed about this. And, and he got really angry with me. And, and, and he finally then said to me, he says, do I have anything to say about this? And of course, the point is, no. <laughs> but actually, it's not my will either. It's God's. And we had a long conversation at the end that I said to him, Jonathan, This is what life is about. It's to realize who is in charge. And once we see God for who He is, folks, something extraordinary happens. We give Him honor. We recognize the significance. We recognize the weightiness of who He is. Paul writes in his first letter to Timothy, chapter 1, verse 17, to the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, Be honor, be honor, be honor and glory forever and ever. Secondly, folks, church, we should honor our parents. I cannot tell you when I served as a pastor for many, many years, how often the deepest wounds that people carry are from their parents. Folks, I want to say this to you. Often, That's the root of the work of the enemy. People will hold on and hold on and hold on to the smallest little words that have been spoken. And in all the work that I've ever done with people in the process of transformation, is when we pray and we ask the Holy Spirit to open their eyes so that they could see who their parents truly were, truly are. The scripture is very clear about this. Part of the Ten Commandments, God says, honor your father and your mother. Paul continues on and he, he, he speaks about this and he says, it's extraordinary. He says, it is the only commandment that continues on with some further promises. If you want to live long, ask God to open our eyes. Folks, the truth is that the enemy uses these words of dishonor often in our lives. We have to learn to honor our parents and and just indeed see them uh, for who they are and what God wanted them to do. Thirdly, folks, we have to learn to honor our family members, spouses, and children. It's interesting in all the counseling that I've done, premarital and postmarital counseling, and, and <clears throat> some of the difficulties that people often, often encounter. Often the breakdown of a marriage starts with words of dishonor. Let, let, let me quickly help all of us here today. Folks, I know we think that we marry for love. I think it's a great start. I think it's a great end. But I think God has some other plans. 
I think God allows us to be married in order to be transformed and change. And let me give away one of God's secrets, not more than one, just one today. Here it is. God delights in putting people together who are different. He handpicks that person. And this is why love is so extraordinary, especially that early love. It blinds you to all of that. You cannot see it initially. Initially, you just say, oh, we are exactly the same. We talk the same. We walk the same. We think the same about that. And then six months later, you wake up and say, who is this person? (laughs) Why did I not see this before? And, and, And folks, we have to learn to honor our spouses. Find out. Ask God to open our eyes to see the significance and and the weightiness. Me and my wife have different understandings of time. So I like to be at places long before it starts, you know, the event. My wife has a slightly different understanding of this. And I remember very early on in our marriage, I I would stand here. I would stand downstairs and I would be fuming because I'm waiting right? And I'm waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And I've already been, I've been ready for an hour and I'm waiting. And and the one morning I really lost it. And this is what I said. I said, all I do is wait for you. That's all I do in my life. I wait for you. (laughs) She was extraordinary in a very quick response. And she looked me right in the eye and she said, and it's your privilege. <laughs> Speak about situational intelligence right then. Right? And it helped me. It set me free. Because now for the rest of my life, whenever I wait, I understand it's my privilege. It is my honor to do this. And I can turn around and say, I love waiting for you. I wait for you because you are worth waiting for. Right? Amen. Amen. Folks, it took me about 10 years to learn this. <laughs> so, some many, many things that I have to learn. Paul, actual fact, Peter writes in 1 Peter 3, verse 7, he says, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. Listen to this showing honor. How often do I hear people speak with great dishonor about their spouses? The author of Hebrews writes, Hebrews 13 verse 4, Let marriage be held in honor amongst all. Let me quickly conclude here in about five minutes. Folks, fourthly, we have to learn to honor our leaders. Now, I have to tell you, before I made the decision to no longer watch television, and and pray for me, I pray it's going to hold... Before that time, I'm obsessed with your politics. I'm not American, but I love American politics. It is the best show on television, by far. But I do want to tell you, 11 years ago, when I arrived, what a shock this was for me. I would watch your talk shows and watch your news channels, and I could not believe how people would speak about The president at that time, with disrespect. I've now lived through another administration. And folks, it hasn't changed. 
regardless of where we stand politically. It's interesting to me how Christians can speak about leaders with extraordinary disrespect, showing dishonor. Let me tell you what the Bible says about this, and this is quite strong. Once again, Peter writes in 1 Peter 2 verse 16, he says, Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Listen to this. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. And here's the most important one. Peter is writing during the reign of one of the most corrupt leaders in the history of mankind, the Emperor Nero. Listen to what he writes. Honor the emperor. Honor the emperor. How could he say that? Because he understood that ultimately God was in charge. And that if indeed we could honor. Folks, there is a way to stand for the right thing in the wrong way. And we lose our witness. And I might say to you that one of the reasons why the church has lost it's prophetic witness in this country. It's because of the way that we have spoken about people. And lastly today, we have to learn to honor all people. My heart was broken this week with what happened in Orlando. My heart was not broken about what happened. My heart was broken with the church's response. There's some churches that have responded in extraordinary ways. And some churches that responded in despicable, ungodly ways. Folks, the Bible is very clear that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We also know that one sin is not larger than another. The consequences are often much larger. But sin is sin. And it's interesting how people stood up and said, well... There was a church that actually stood up and said, we should celebrate that 50 people were killed and pray that more would be injured. No wonder the world turns around. What would happen if we could walk up to people and see them the way that God sees them? Folks, today here, I have a dollar. I wanted to use this dollar just for a moment. This is an old dollar. Scholars tell us that this is the filthiest thing that you can have in your hand. There's nothing that has more bacteria than this. We also know that on every single dollar bill in America are trace amounts of cocaine and drugs. And you have to stop for a moment and say, I wonder where this dollar has been. I wonder who's touched that. I wonder what this has been used for. But let me ask you this question. Although it's been misused and abused, has it lost its value? No. Regardless of where it's been. Church, God looks at people in the same way. It doesn't matter where we've been. It doesn't matter what we have done. He looks at us and this is what he says. You are loved. You are treasured. And you are honored. He looks at us as he did right at the beginning of creation and says... This is good. This is very good. What would happen this week if we were to walk forth and start to speak the words of God and no longer the lies of the enemy? 
What if we could walk up to people and say, I know you think you know good. God sees you differently. Let me tell you the plans and the purposes that he has for your life. What could happen? Today on Father's Day, let us make a decision once again to get to the place where we can not only honor God, but honor all of his people. I'll end with this. Jesus in John 12, verse 26 says, If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Let us pray. Thank you. Lord, we give you honor for your love and your grace. You've created us. You've given us purpose and destiny. Lord, today, would you forgive us for the times that we've agreed with the enemy and with our words have destroyed the honor of others? Would you open our eyes and our ears and our hearts that we would see you for who you are, give you honor, but Lord, would you open our eyes to others? Let us speak honor to our parents, to our children, to our spouses, to our friends, to our leaders, to everyone else. Help us to see the significance and the weightiness of your creation. And of all the creatures, we say all glory and power and strength belongs to you now and forever. Amen and amen. Pastor Brent, folks, have a wonderful Father's Day. Love you very much. Would you stand up with me? I'm going to ask our ministry teams if you would come forward. If you need prayer this morning, don't leave transition without coming up and receiving ministry. These are seasoned, seasoned folks that will stand with you, minister over you, agree with you in prayer. So don't leave without coming up and receiving prayer. If you don't know the Lord today, You've come in here, and maybe you've even been around church, but you have never asked Jesus to come in and be Lord of your life. Don't leave this place without taking that bold step. The presence of the Lord is here. Would you look at me? Let me just bless you this morning. I want to bless your eyes today to be able to see as God sees, to see through His perspective. May God fill your heart today full of compassion, full of grace. 